0: You're listening to the Bridges Nashville Podcast. Bridges Nashville is a church plant in the heart of Music City, meeting at the Listening Room Cafe in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Here's this week's message. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you, two of you. Good morning to the rest of you. And there's three more. How's everybody doing? Good, 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 good. Good morning online. My name is Christian Kennedy. I'm so glad that you guys are here. I'm so glad to be here with you guys today. Um, I just, a uh, little, little bit of a, I'll give a little bit of a background on me here in just a second, but um, I've known uh, Pastor Adonis and, and Heather, my family and I, we've, we've known them for well over 10 years. Um, my family and I, we used to attend the church that he was pastoring at at the time, and uh, he was uh, just so supportive of our family, um, spoken to our lives, uh, prayed with us, prayed for us. Uh, he's just a, a fantastic, fantastic man. And Heather uh, is just, uh, and he, he lucked out, right? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Somebody over there. Yeah. No, Heather is just, uh, just a, a phenomenal uh, woman of God. Uh has, has taken a lot of time with ...with my daughter, um, spoken to her life, um, given her guidance, you know, working through career things, you know, as she was graduating high school... ...and Heather was always there to answer any questions, and um, so just, uh, we absolutely love the Adonises and, and so glad to, to be a part of, of their family. Now we're a part of your family, right? right. Mm-hmm. Three of you? Okay. We can. I look for response, just so you guys know, okay? Um, also... I've got uh, got a little bit of history with Curtis as well. Uh, before he moved to Washington, I uh, was actually on the worship team with him here in Nashville, and uh, Pastor Curtis, when he was here. Um, so I got to know him uh, before uh, he left Nashville and then came back to Nashville. And then we came back to Nashville, uh, and then I started working at the bridge ministry, and then Curtis was there picking up crates one day. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute, you're Curtis, and you're back here in Nashville? he's like, yeah, I've been here and you know, so we I've known Curtis for for uh, for many years as well, and so it's just it's really great to be a part uh, and connected with uh, with this body. So, a little bit of a background for me, I actually uh, was uh, was a part of or in corporate America, I guess you'd say, for lack of a better term, for many many years. Um, been a pastor, uh, teacher. My wife and I we founded a faith-based uh, nonprofit called Melody Manor Ranch. It's about an hour south of town and our mission for melody manor is to be a place of hope healing and restoration if you notice there's a ranch at the end of that name it's kind of weird that's because it's a farm all right so that's why there's a ranch part there so we don't necessarily grow people we have animals there so um angel my wife she actually has a, a background in uh, veterinary medicine. She's not a, she was a vet tech for many years, and so she grew up with animals. And so we we take in uh, animals, kind of rehab them, and we use them to help rehab people. I guess for the lack of a better term, right? So um, we also uh, from the house. We also do uh, house church. So when you guys take breaks on the fourth week, right? And you guys are out in the community, kind of doing that thing. We are doing that almost every Sunday. So uh, we, we, get, uh, we understand what you guys are doing. We love the idea of, uh, of taking a break and getting into the community and just uh, and, and being a part of, of where you are. So you heard me mention the bridge ministry. I'm also the director of operations for the bridge. Uh, I help with, uh, with all sorts of things operationally, um, with budgeting and logistics and warehouse and just all that operational stuff. Yeah, it's not really sexy at all. But uh, anyway, so um, I'm not really a preacher. Uh, I, I like to have conversations with people that I know. Um, and, I mean, strangers are okay, but sometimes you know it's hard to get dialogue back when you're having a conversation because conversations are two-way street, right? It's not one-sided. Yeah, I see two heads going, so that's good. So, so uh, if you will help me, it just help me feel a little bit more comfortable because I've met some of you. I haven't met everyone. So if you all could just tell me your name on the count of three, ready? One, two, three, tell me your name. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Um, See, don't you feel better? I mean, now that I know your name, you know my name, now we can, now we can talk, right? So um, we're going to do, I'm going to do a little bit of a recap uh, from Pastor Adonis' message last week. He talked about the perfect gift, right? Uh, if you missed it, you need to go back and watch it. It was fantastic. He talked about Charlie Brown. I mean, how can you go wrong with Charlie Brown at church? You can't, in case you didn't know. So, um, but, uh, you know, he talked about Charlie Brown being uh, just like through the whole uh, Christmas series that, that show how Charlie Brown was just like so aggravated with people losing and forgetting about the meaning of Christmas, Right, and so he um, he was just searching for the whole meaning, and then towards the end of the of the the movie, then um, I forget who it is, like tells the whole story, you know, the meaning of Christmas, the biblical story, the true meaning of Christmas, and so he talked about how Jesus was the perfect gift, and and then he also talked about there was uh, one one passage of scripture that he shared that kind of stood out to me was Luke two seventeen where it was they made him widely known talking about the shepherds and. Um, and the wise men come in, and they made Jesus widely known, right? And then he challenged us, because I watched too, so that meant he challenged me, right? He challenged all of us to, to do just that, to make the perfect gift widely known. So this past year, I'll give you a little bit of a background on just my, my year. I won't go really deep into it because it's been a long year. Um, and, and we're coming towards the end of it, and so there's been a lot of stuff that's happened, right? Um, there's been a lot of good things that have happened, but there's been a good bit of loss this year, too. And the loss that's happened has, has hit pretty hard, right? And so, you know, when you go through hard times, when you have experienced loss, and, uh, you know, a lot of times folks will come up and they'll quote scripture, right? And sometimes it's the thing you want to hear, and other times you're like, that's the last thing I want to hear right now. And beginning of the year, lost a very dear friend, co-worker, and, you know, one of the scriptures that would, would be quoted continuously, well, Christian, his ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts, right? And so, sorry, that was me impersonating somebody else. I don't really talk like that. But that was, you know, somebody, t- anyway. Um, so, you know, and... You got questions, you know, when you're going through all this stuff. And so it's like, okay, all right. Uh, Lord, if your ways are not my ways and your thoughts are not my thoughts, then there's something wrong with me, right? So I need to get that figured out. So beginning of the year, I just started getting into the word with that thought process in mind, right? So I go and I read John three sixteen, and... This is how I've read it for the last 44 years, right? Because that's how old I am. So I didn't, all right, so maybe 40 years? Because I didn't start reading when I was, baby. anyway. um, So, you know, for over 40 years, that's how I've read it, right? All right, so Lord, if this is the way I've been thinking, and my thoughts aren't your thoughts, then show me what you meant when you were saying this right so that's that's been my approach to scripture this whole year and you know it has it has really kind of opened my eyes up and obviously it has really challenged me in a lot of things right so when we dive into the scripture a little bit um, we're going to uh, we're going to kind of take that approach and how i have uh, i've looked at scripture this year cool yeah. remember we're having conversation so all right so one of the things that Pastor Adonis talked about last week was uh, the perfect gift. And then, then he, he threw out this line. It was like, you ever get that gift that, that, that you really didn't like? You, you know. Thank you. Remember, we're talking. It's just, it's just us. We're just talking. Yeah. The tie, the socks, right? Uh, I think even Pastor Adonis said the underwear you open up, you're like, oh, great. Whitey tidies." No. Um, or have you ever really, like, you wanted something, this gift, so desperately? And you're like, you saw it on TV, you're a little kid, and you're like, it's going to be awesome. Action figures. Who loves action figures? Woo! Thank you. Thank you. See? He heard action figures and got one. Um, so, but you get them, right? You get that gift, you open it up, and you start playing with it, and it's not what you thought it really was, Right? And you know we've all seen uh, we've all seen the videos where your notes just go somewhere. Not those videos, um, but we've all seen the videos, right? Where you know parents will like trick their kids too. You know they wrap up the PlayStation or the iPhone. The iPhones are the good ones, and they you know, open it up. It's like a potato or something. You know the Vine. I love the Vine of the kid. He's like so enthusiastic. Uh, Who remembers Vine? Thank you. See? Yeah. You know, the the kid opens it up, and he's like, it's an avocado. Thanks. Anybody remember that one? No? Yes? All right. So, um, yeah. So sometimes you get a gift that it's not what you expected, and it's not necessarily what you wanted. Right? It's not what, it's not lived up to the hype uh, that, uh, that you thought it was. So, you know, I was thinking about that, and so then I had, I had this thought. I have a lot of thoughts. I don't let all of them out, thankfully. Um, but so if Jesus is the perfect gift, as we learned last week, and if we, the church, are to be Jesus, for lack of a better term, to other people, what happens when they open up the gift and it's not what they expected. And it's not what maybe what they necessarily wanted, right? They open it up, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of letdown, potentially, right? They're like, I thought I was getting Jesus, and you're not Jesus, right? So how do we turn that around to where when they open up the gift of Jesus, when we're presenting, we say we're, we say we're presenting Jesus, right, and we, they open up that gift, and how do we actually look like him? So with that thought process, see? See, it hit. She's like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Um, so the thought process then started hitting me, okay. And then I start looking at scripture with, all right, Lord, if your thoughts aren't my thoughts, and your ways aren't my ways, and I've read your words before, let me read your words again, and let me hear them with the way you're thinking, the way you intended them to be said, okay? So we're going to go to Matthew chapter five, starting with verse one. We're going to read a little bit. Who likes reading the word? Six of you, fantastic. Maybe by the end, we'll have 10. That'd be great. So we're we're going to read Matthew chapter five. We're going to read a little bit. It says, one day, I'm actually going to read the actual Bible. How do you like that? <clears throat> says, Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 1, says, One day he saw the crowds gathering. Jesus went up on the mountainside, sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. Verse 3, God blesses those who are poor in spirit and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those who are pure at heart, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those you, excuse me, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. There's an exclamation point there. Just to throw that out there. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. It's kind of a different... Passage for Christmas time, right? But remember, we're talking about what kind of gift we're going to be to the world. So, Jesus, this is Jesus talking. If you didn't know the red letters, and if you didn't know when you see red letters in a Bible, that's Jesus talking. So, you might want to pay attention. That's a little free advice right there. So, uh, let's give context. I love context, cultural context, and uh, the background, and everything, right? So, Jesus. Uh, walking along, walks up on a mountainside and he uh, starts his disciples, people that are following him, they follow him and they come and they sit down and once they sit down next to him, then he starts talking. I guess he knew all their names, right? Because he was just having a conversation so um, so and Jesus starts talking with them and he starts this is, this is his opening line to what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. Anybody ever heard of the Sermon on the Mount? Yeah. So it's, it's the longest uh, recorded message that, uh, that Jesus shared. It's actually two chapters long. So it's not just the, this 12 passages of, of scripture, 12 verses. Um, it's actually pretty long. I encourage you to go read it uh, and, and ask the Lord to show you his ways and his thoughts as you read it. Anyway. So, um, there's the context. Jesus is sitting down on a mountainside, and there's a lot more than just the 12 because there's a ton of people that are following him. But the conversation that he's having is with people that have already been following him. Okay? So, these are people that have grown up in the church. They've already started to witness the miracles that Jesus has been doing. And. So Jesus is going to start having a conversation with all of the people that have been following him. And, and the gist of it is, I need to clear the air. I need to straighten some things out uh, because you, you, we kind of got it a little bit backwards. all right. And so then he starts with what's called the Beatitudes. Anybody ever heard of the Beatitudes? Yeah. yeah. He's not telling you to be an attitude. <laughs> It's called the Beatitudes. It's actually a word, Beatitudes. It actually means supreme blessings. That's pretty cool, right? So Jesus then goes on to say uh, and talk about how you can be blessed. And so I'm going to preface all of this. What we go through uh, here in just the next couple minutes is if you want to receive a blessing, then you need to do these things. If you want to be a blessing, then you need to do these things. Amen? Okay. So, um, verse 3 says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for Him. Other versions say, God blesses those who are poor in spirit. Anybody ever heard that version? Blesses those who are poor in spirit. The context here could also be um, said that those that are in spiritual poverty, okay, and uh, or they need to be continually reliant upon God. They're so spiritually broke that they have to have the connection to the Father. So God blesses those people who realize how poor they are in spirit. And they realize their need for him. And what will happen in return for their for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Verse 4 says... God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. This refers to uh, being saddened by the things that sadden God. So if our heart, or if the heart of God is saddened by something, then our hearts then too should be saddened as well. And we should mourn for what he mourns over, things like sin, those that are lost, the poor, and the needy. Our hearts should mourn for those things because those are the things that mourn the Father's heart. And if our hearts are connected in that capacity with what the Father mourns over, then it says right here, these are Jesus' words, not mine, okay? So that's what you need to understand. It's not my words, this is what he says. If you mourn for those things, then then you're going to be comforted. On the other side of that, if you act in that capacity and somebody comes to you and you mourn over that person and they, then they come, to opened, they come to open that perfect gift, look what they get to receive, All right? Verse five, God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. Other translations use the word meek. Instead of humble, they use the word meek. Um, meekness does not mean Weakness. Someone who is meek has all the power, but they have the capacity to restrain it uh, and and submit. So someone who is meek doesn't mean they're weak. It means that they, they actively... With their own will, consciously, they make a conscious effort to submit their will, right? And if we do that and we submit our will to the Father, then Jesus says that we'll inherit the whole earth. Now, what kind of gift would it be if you opened up a gift and, and you, you receive somebody like that? That'd be pretty awesome, right? You know that they're strong enough to go to battle for you, but they're also going to submit to help serve you. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. Verse 6, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. I don't know, for some reason I just had the thought, I would love to be satisfied at the dinner table. <laughs> you know? Because 30 minutes later I'm hungry again. Right? But here, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice. Uh, other translations say righteousness. Has anybody ever heard that version? Right? They hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. This verse is about having a spiritual appetite. Far too many of God's children are malnourished due to their appetite for the world. To hunger for righteousness is to apply the righteous standard of God for our lives. And remember, context of where we're putting this right now is is how we present our lives to others. If if we're the only Jesus that people see and we hunger and we thirst for the things that that God uh, hungers for, the righteous standards for God, think of the difference, the impact that we will have in this world. Verse 7, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. To receive mercy is not to get what you deserve. Or it's to have pity instead of condemnation. Mercy is a good thing. I think a lot of times we we kind of uh, throw grace and mercy together. Right, But mercy, I feel like mercy just has so much more emphasis on what we deserve and what we don't get because of Jesus. And so what Jesus is saying here is if if we have mercy for others, then we will be shown mercy. When somebody comes to open up that perfect gift to see Jesus and we present them with mercy, then we will receive mercy. Verse eight, God blesses those whose hearts are pure for they will see God. Who wants to see God? Two of you. <clears throat> I do. I want to see God. I want my face to glow like Moses' face glow. How cool would that be? Right. You don't have to have the, what do you call that stuff? That makes your face like highlighter, contour, stuff. I don't know. I don't always wear makeup. No, I don't ever wear makeup. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, how cool would that be to see, to see God? I mean, this is exactly what we're talking about. This time of year, we're talking about the birth of Christ and we're, we're presenting a gift of eternal life to people. We want them to see God. And so if our hearts are pure, a pure heart involves being authentic, beginning with being honest, even with the Lord. I mean, he knows it all already, right? He knows our hearts. He knows how many hairs are on our head or how many hairs are not on our head for some, right? I mean, he knows us. The word says that he knit us in our mother's womb. That's how well he knows us. But he wants us, because this is about a relationship, right? He wants us to be honest with him. We have to start there. So have honest conversations with the Lord, be pure in heart. And if we do, then that's when we get to see God. That's pretty cool. Verse 9. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. That's pretty cool. I mean, it sounds self explanatory, right? We're going to talk about that a little bit. To be a peacemaker is to be a mediator and to resolve conflicts between estranged parties. The Amplified Version says um, that they uh, are makers and maintainers. Of peace. I kind of like that. That's kind of cool. Does this sound like anybody you know? It sounds like Jesus. Jesus is a peacemaker, He's the ultimate peacemaker. He took what was destroyed, He was the mediator. He is the mediator between us and the Father. Because of sin and that separation that caused turmoil between the relationship with us and the Father. Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker. He's the maker and maintainer of peace in our lives. And what I think is cool is that Jesus talks about so many times throughout Scripture, especially through the Sermon on the Mount, he says it multiple times, I only do what the Father does. And so if he is the maker and maintainer of peace, he's only acting like his father. And so we're supposed to do the same thing. So when somebody comes to us this Christmas season, and any time, but when somebody comes to us and they're needing peace in their life, then that's what we do. We become that mediator to help bridge that gap for them and bring peace in their life. Amen? God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And it goes on talking about God blessing those, for the people who are mocked, for his name's sake. So persecution for doing right or for righteousness can take different forms and come from different sources, such as family, friends, An employer, a culture, maybe even the government, right? I mean, persecution can come in many different forms. But Jesus says, when you do these things because of me, in the manner in which he describes, then we will receive blessing. This is how Jesus said, that we would receive supreme blessings from our Heavenly Father. If we follow these footsteps, the Beatitudes, again, it's not being an attitude, but it's, it's these principles that he opens up one of the most important dialogues that he has with his disciples. Remember, that's who he's talking to, people that already know him. They already know his name, and many of them he knows their names. And he's telling them, look, this is, we, we kind of got it backwards. This is how we're supposed to be. And if you are this way, then you're going to receive these blessings from heaven, from the Father. And if we act this way, and we're presenting Jesus as that perfect gift, then the people that we present Jesus to, they get to partake in that gift as well. Amen? One of the things that I thought was, was pretty neat that Pastor Adonis did last week, and I'm not going to make you do it this week, but he had everybody kind of get up, and you guys kind of went around and, and kind of shared stories, right? You just kind of started to open up some dialogue with people, uh, people that you weren't sitting at the same table with, and, and it was pretty awesome, because I was watching online, but it was, it was really cool, because he's like, all right, guys, you can come back to your tables now. Like, no, really, you need to come back to your table. I mean, you guys, like, you really got into it, right? So we're going to talk about maybe some practical ways that you can can do this. Earlier, I talked about that I'm a director of operations for the bridge ministry, right? And Adonis asked me to throw in a shameless plug. Uh, The bridge is a strategic partner with Bridges Nashville. And there are several ways that you all can participate. And it gives you the opportunity you know, because it's like, okay, where can, I, where can I show peace? Where can I be a peacemaker? Where can I, where's a place that I can show mercy? Um, where's a place that, that uh, I, can, I can stand up for righteousness and, and justice, right? And I can tell you, we've got, I've got a couple friends here from work, uh, and we get to see that on a daily basis. As we serve in the community, we see it everywhere we go, and we have the opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So a couple ways that you can, you can do that is we have many outreaches that we do throughout the city, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We have one at night. That's uh, on Tuesday night. We've been serving underneath the Jefferson Street Bridge for almost 19 years. Can you believe that? Isn't that cool? And we haven't stopped. We've never missed a Tuesday Through floods, through tornadoes back in 2020, followed by this little thing called the pandemic. Anybody ever heard of that? I don't know. I saw it on the news. Anyway, um, but we've never missed a Tuesday night to be able to serve there. Things have changed a little bit. So... We don't actually, we're not able to, we used to have a church service right underneath the bridge. Our founder, Candy Christmas, she always joked, I thought it was, it was always funny, she'd always joke and say, we've got the most expensive sanctuary in the whole state because it was underneath a six-lane highway, right, bridge. It's pretty expensive sanctuary. Anyway, so we're not able to gather. Uh, the city just kind of kind of changed the way they, they do things. Um, and they put up a fence, but we still serve uh, every tuesday night underneath the bridge and what has been unique about the change where you think that ministry is then going to stop it actually i think it has probably grown uh, from the gospel's sake we get to have one-on-one interactions with everybody that comes through line and we get to love them we get to we get to show them what the word says we get to be the Beatitudes, have the Beatitudes, not be an attitude, right? When you think about you know, the struggles that people deal with that are dealing with homelessness or food insecurities and children that are, that are dealing with food insecurities and adults that, that are struggling, you know, making ends meet. We get to meet with senior citizens every Tuesday afternoon I got to tell you, it's, it's, that one's a blast, isn't it, guys? We serve about, well, it's over 200 every single, every single Tuesday afternoon at 11. And we get to, we get to love on people that, that are hurting. And one, one way or another, we get to share the gospel with them. When they tell us the stories of the struggles that they're going through, we get to say, hey... I get it. Jesus loves you. We get to pray with them. We get to walk with them. One of the things that I didn't anticipate, you know, when you serve seniors is the loss. You know, they're they're nearing the end of of life many of them and sometimes when you come back from week to week one of your friends isn't there. And you're like, "Hey, where's so and so?" "Oh, he's he's not here." And they're hurting. And we're hurting, but we get to we get to do life together. Those are the opportunities that, that you all could be a part of. We also serve on Wednesday. We do an outreach on Wednesday. We actually have two outreaches on Wednesday. Uh, one, if you're Spanish-speaking, it would be fantastic. Uh, we have one that we serve uh, that's uh, heavily Spanish-speaking. It's a great opportunity to, to share the gospel there because I don't speak Spanish. And neither does Robert, but Andrew does. But anyway, um, and then we serve at Centennial Park. Uh, we serve a lunch there, both the unhoused community as well as um, uh, dealing with uh, serving the, the under-resourced folks as well. And then on Thursday, we also do an outreach at Pruitt Library here in Nashville. Everything's here in Nashville. And so um, it's been what we saw as adversity, we now see as uh, God just opening up the door to spread the gospel and show his love and present that perfect gift everywhere we go. So I encourage you guys to do that. Curtis, uh, you may heard me mention earlier, Curtis, um, you know, he used to come and Uh, pick up crates and deliver them to school. We have a food bag program for food insecure children. We serve well over 4,000 students right here in Metro every single week. That's what Robert does. He's a director for that program. And we're always looking for volunteers to help deliver food crates to schools. And so you just got to have a little bit of a strong back. It doesn't have to be too terribly strong. A vehicle. I saw a pat on the shoulder over here. Uh, I like that. We're recruiting. Anyway, So those are just ways, though, that you can serve right here in your community. Be the hands and feet of Jesus and present that perfect gift. Don't be the gift that nobody wants to open this year. Okay? Amen? I love you guys. Thank you for having me. It's been a real real treat to be here. Uh, Thank you. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To find out more about us and who we are, check out our website at bridgesnashville.com or find us on social media at Bridges Nashville.